Dude, your podcast keeps getting better. It's, which is some great ones. I told him that we listen to every episode. It's really good. Thank you. He knows. Snap just decimated the earnings. Good number. Uh, and they're. This can't be right. What is this? Is that is? I said that can't be right, right? It's down eighteen. Holy f- shit! It's down twenty five percent. That is right. You don't snap. What? No. What happened to Snap? It's down twenty five percent after hours. I wonder hours. if Twitter is stock looked amazing. Five percent. Wait, what the f- happening right now? Did Hold on. Take under? Seriously, why is Facebook down seven percent? What is happening? Did they just snap. report earnings too? Snap is down thirty percent. Twitter's down seven percent. What is happening? Hold on. Supply supply uh, chain problems. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> mem supply chain. Wait, guys, there's, there's, a, there's a shortage chain. of millennials. Breathe. Why are you late? What's your excuse? I wasn't even thinking. What does that even mean? I, I was what is around that? the, the f- corner. I, I didn't know time mattered. I like heard a, your calendar is a debacle. Your calendar management, dude. Yeah. Me too. I, I was. At I didn't know tasks could be separated from meetings. I was at the Brian Park yesterday at eleven o'clock. I said, "Dude, you want a cup of coffee?" He goes, "We're meeting at two. <laughs> I said, "I'll wait." So I'll just wait three hours. By the way, that we gotta we gotta lower the volume on that. It is so loud. No, it's on purpose. So though. are you doing one every day now? No, once a week. Oh. Thanks for listening. We're good. We're good. We're good. Amazing. Very confident in my assertions. All right. Yo, yo. <laughs> you know who that is? Let me play it again. Very confident in my assertions. That's Ben Carlson. What? I don't know. He ben. doesn't know Ben Carlson. You don't know if you but know you who Ben Carlson is? Like, not, 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 not from uh, the voice. Yeah. Not from the voice. These are the, I'm look, excited about uh, these how many the, people later? Red how many people? Shh. How many people? Dude, you're surprised. You're, you're, so, you're so Canadian. Actually, this will run tomorrow. It's okay. How many people? 17. All guys? No. I don't know. Who, I don't know the crew. Uh, you will know. Is Phil 75% coming? 75% of the, yeah, Phil's coming. Phil's, Phil's in traffic right now. And You'll know 75% of the people there. Chase, is JC coming? It's all stars. Um, are you my, just hanging here oh, until? Uh, Michael Santoli. Oh, Santoli. Yeah, he's the best. Oh, um, are you coming? Yeah. Michael's, yeah Michael. I'm shepherding Barry. Michael's I got to go to this Fakakta event. So I can for, just work here until? It is, it is Fakakta. I, I have, to, I have, I have to literally wear a, uh, a shirt and a tie. Oh. Not a tie, a shirt and a jacket. I mean, you're a grown up, right? So, like, do you ever, Why I never happen? Howard, what's the time you wore a jacket? Trying my nose. What's the time you wore a jacket? You don't wear sport coats. I have one today. Yeah, I've seen you. I've never seen you in a suit. Yeah, I mean, last time there was a party here, I wore a three-piece suit, and Jim O'Shaughnessy and I became friends. You know, you actually pioneered the suits with sneakers thing, but mm-hmm. I think out of out of necessity, because you were always running from one thing to the next. Yeah. Pioneered? That's like a, that's Come a, on. Actually, Quincy Smith was early at that at CBS. Um, but you were doing that 10 years ago. People 15. were not doing that 10 years ago. 15. People were like, what happened to your shoes? Now nobody's doing no, mm-hmm. Nobody's saying so that. So true. By the way, I'm going to give you a lot of flowers on today's show. He deserves uh, it. What flowers? I don't know if you saw the doc, but uh, you were very early to a lot of stuff, and I'm going to make sure everyone knows it. All right. Howard, did you meet John? Yeah. Have you ever met Duncan before? Pleasure. That's Big John. I know it's Duncan. Big, it's Big John. I couldn't remember. You guys are doing a great job. This room we turned out to be a great room for them. No kidding. This is all Josh's idea. It was a great idea because I actually watched it. It's a write-off. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so excited for this. You know, I really am. Yeah. I'm a little tired, unfortunately. Dude, I'm step it up. And- Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by me, Michael Batnick, and our castmates are solely our own opinions 
and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Today's episode of The Compound and Friends is brought to you by Direction. Direction's leveraged ETFs are powerful tools for short-term active traders, but they're definitely not for everyone. So know the risks, trade boldly. For investors looking for longer-term investments, Direction offers strategic and thematic ETFs for precise exposure to satellite investment themes. Direction's latest leveraged ETF is Dozer, that's D-O-Z-R, the daily U.S. infrastructure bull two-time shares ETF. Offering two times a daily return on infrastructure stocks, go to direction.com slash dozer to find out more. If you're a bold, short-term active trader or thematic investor, Direction has ETFs built for you. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investments, objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at direction.com. Read that carefully. God, we did 20 of these? We have high hopes you have. Step it up. All right. Look alive. Let's go. Welcome to the Compound and Friends. Very special friend of the house today, Howard Lindzen. You <laughs> might know look? Howard. Where do I look? You might know Howard from early, early days of financial Twitter, uh, founder of StockTwits. Called the 1929 top. Called the, the, the crash in 29. Wonderful job on that one, by the way. Uh, you probably know Howard's social leverage. You probably heard of the fund. He is absolutely smashing the venture game. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, what? Oh, Panic with Friends? Okay, we're going to talk about that later. I love it. Uh, I listen to every episode, and I was on one. Yes, you were. Early. When I was learning. Yeah. I don't think you liked my appearance because I, I didn't let you talk at all. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if you love that. All right, so How, Howard's in the house. Uh, what, what are you thinking of New York City these days? Uh, New York is still my favorite. I would say New York, Amsterdam, Coronado, Tuscany, Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. In New York, I have this love, love relationship. Do I buy? Do I rent? Do I stay at hotels? It's just, you know, as you go through life now, I'm 56 and it's like, what do you do? You do Airbnbs though, right? Hate Airbnb because I'm manscaping and by day two. Dude, it's a lot with the manscaping. By day two, it's like, I need a maid. Uh, It's just disgusting (laughs) to see my own body in the sink every day. Why why do you uh, have to do that when you're here? Because once you manscape... How fast does your hair grow? What are you talking about? I definitely... Listen, I I have a whole doc. That's a plug for one of our companies early. I can't believe it. I have a whole doc of things I wanted to get to. That that didn't even make the top. There's a doc? Yeah. That didn't even make the top 500 things I wanted to talk about. But, listen, for a successful young man with money in New York City, it's a good place to be. It is, and I'm, you know, off topic or on topic. There's you know, no 56, off topics. We're always show is, empty nester. You know my kids. Yeah. Um, you don't know if you're going to be a good, like, you know, you, your parents, you, 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 you got a baby. Um, but your your kids are growing up on in front of my eyes, just like mine grew up in, on the internet. I have a 15 year old girl now. I don't know what to say to her. Or what to do with her? No, you guys are doing fine. I see. But, trying, but you don't know. All these people, it's just like the stock market. Oh yeah, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that yeah. wrong. You don't know. Here's when you know. The fact that my daughter and I are walking around New York, and she's 23 and has a job. By the way, shout out to Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. I watched. I watched Rachel grow. I met Rachel right. when she was eight. Right. Eleven. So it's like we stressed over her growing up. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? I finally know that we might have done a good job because she. 
you know, in a world where abundance of time and abundance of money in the world for people born on third base. Time like is myself, not abundant. Time is scarce. Time is scarce, but abundance of time in, in their life. They have free time mm. in the sense of when you're 18, it does not feel scarce. Time, yeah, now it does. So the fact that she has chosen New York and appreciates New York for like what it always has been and what it is, I think we've done a good job as a parent because that's the time when you want to live here. And so she understands risks. She understands living her life. She understands everything to me. Whereas my son is the opposite. But was yet- she, Wait, wait. Back to Rachel. Was she ever growing up like, Dad, let me get this straight. We're Jewish, but we live in Arizona? Like, what, what, what's going on here? Or No, because it's a desert. She goes, do we have oh, to do okay. the 40 days so she found a home in the desert. Yeah. Okay. She goes, All why right. would people go to Toronto? <laughs> she was the opposite. Right, right, right. No, she felt right at home. She was always looking for – so we would light a bush, and she yeah. would say, oh, it's a Torah. So, so I didn't uh, meet you guys until you were in Coronado, which was like a, yeah. dream, a dream world. Wait, you went from to Phoenix to Coronado? I didn't yeah. know that. So, oh, okay. so I was born in Toronto. Um my dad, we most Toronto people, like New York people, especially Jewish community, goes to Florida, mm. Del Boca Vista yeah. type style. Uh, and my dad didn't like Florida. He discovered Arizona, and he liked the desert. And so we grew up going to the desert uh, for spring break or, or Christmas because we were, you know. Did you go to? You went privileged. to ASU or U of A? Yeah. So I ended up falling in love with ASU. Who wouldn't? Right. And I was like, Dad, I'm going was to that ASU. Mid '80s, late '80s, mid '80s. Must have been insane. I can't even tell you. Like, couldn't even do any of the stuff that you were doing then. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a flip-flop type of yeah. dry heat. It was just dream world. Yeah, yeah. And especially for a kid coming out of Toronto where the sun – I just like the sun. So I've been chasing the sun since I was 20. So why did you move to Coronado? So there's a thing. My wife's parents have a home there, but there's a thing. Just like the, the migration out of the cold to Florida, people in Phoenix in the heat go to San Diego. And there's Which a big the Jewish contingent. That, yeah. and it, it's a congregation of the Mexicans coming up from Mexico City to Coronado and the Jews coming from Phoenix and they squat and they fight. And they're just a, it's a land off. It's a land. It's a, it's a battle for the barbecue. Pretty sure I know who wins. Yeah. All right. And uh, it's just a congregation of people from Phoenix. They call them zonies that go to San Diego in the summer to get out of the heat of the summer. So, so where? Like so where are you? Where migration. are you? I mean, you're you're all over the world, but where are you mostly now? For for taxes and family, we're in Arizona. Okay, both my kids went to U of A, right? Um, and my wife went to U of A. And then for summers, we travel, but we're at Coronado. We the kids grew up in Coronado though, which is yep. great. It's like an idyllic, incredible. Uh, place. I miss the Dell. It's, it's honestly it's one of my favorite places yeah, in the world the that I've ever been to. Well, you guys are not doing conferences, and it's the best thing ever. But I can't, I can't. It was so much work, yeah, yeah. right? And you so guys have people professionally. We're going to talk. Doing it. We're going to talk about your events, but this is a good segue because. I want to talk about some of the stuff that I had learned from you and didn't even realize how important it would one day be. Um, and arguably, I probably missed the boat if I had really listened to you. But 10 years ago, you were walking around talking about the edge that you had by understanding both the private markets and the public stock markets. Yeah. And today, that's like, oh, yeah, of course. So, like, every major hedge fund is now making private market investments. Dan Loeb just crossover. started a crossover. They all are. Crossover. Dan, Loeb, Dan Loeb just started a fund. If you're a hedge fund and you're not a crossover, it's because, like, the paperwork is, is slow. Mm-hmm. Like, like that – So, but that's standard. But when you were doing this in 2011, that wasn't – 2009, that wasn't obvious to anyone. Why do you think it took so long for some of the smartest people on Wall Street to see that as an advantage, being on both sides of the IPO – I mean, I think it's just, it's 
Yeah, I don't know. I think because you, cause you're smart, you're not that smart. No, you don't have to be eight years ahead. Is the lesson right? You only right. have to be a day ahead. Like we traded in '99. You weren't doing it, but Josh and I and yeah. Barry were 20 minute delayed quotes. Let's just, oh yeah, let's just that's oh, where yeah. we were. Paper so, tickets. So to think that people wanted to do crossover, they had an edge on retail. So so the lobes of their time, and Loeb was the lobe of his time, and other people, they were. F- banging our brains out on Yahoo Finance talking about Akamai, and we were 20 minutes behind. Yeah. Now we're 20 minutes ahead of the institution, yeah. so they had to learn tech. Yeah. They don't want to learn this. So the first answer is they don't f-ing like the fact that they have to be crossover because they're they going like to get it. their ass You don't think they like it now? They like it because it's sexy and they can get fees, Doesn't but they're like overpaying. Free- they're not really VCs. What 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 Tiger's doing, and he's publicly said, is they're trying to get market returns. Is that Ch- Chase Chase Coleman? Genius, but yeah. he's just he's just polluting the what was an artistic kind of industry with money to turn it into the S and P. Do you think he says no to anything? Of course, but I think. Because uh, they're huge. And I they haven't have a seen team. around the financing that Tiger Global was Because on. if he's not doing a D1, Co2, SoftBank. So, point, so point, of point all the big changes yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the last two years, and I got so much wrong, and we all get so much wrong. If you had told me, and we work now as a SPAC, if you had told, if we all were honest with ourselves, when we saw WeWork, it was, we all said, wow, that's a miracle that that thing didn't get public, because that would have led to a crash yeah. or, or some kind of you know what i mean they tried to bring it public for 40 billion yeah a week later it was worth well, that was the okay but it wasn't but it so wasn't. that like i said if you had asked us if that was no, going to be the top WeWork, in any WeWork. normal era for we work it was a yes top. it was okay but yeah. that means nothing right, right, right. so so in in 10 years earlier with rates are at three or whatever that's a top for a lot of things people if that Ali, gets public people said alibaba was the top hang on if it gets public and that gets pissed on the public the one thing I couldn't have predicted when that happened is that one soft bank would lead to 10 soft banks. Right. Right. Like that, that felt like forgetting about a top for WeWork, that felt like a top for soft bank. It right? went the for other stupid way. Stupid money. Everybody became soft bank. Correct. Why? If you had told me that would have happened, yeah, yeah. who cares why? So you're asking me. I hadn't even thought about that. Okay. That's so crazy. it's not about the why, it's what happens, the unintended consequences of this. That's all I care about. It's I, now I, think about how I'm supposed to make money when there's 20 tigers. Well, I thought they were going to stay in your lane. This I thought has never they were going to end SoftBank. Stay in your lane. Like I, that's I th- what I'm saying. And it turned into 20 SoftBank. I thought the Saudi, the Saudi uh, sovereign wealth fund was going to call out a hit on this guy when the WeWork thing blew up. What do they care? So let, they're earning zero percent. So yeah. they'll earn two percent. Let's just rewind to giving Howard a little bit of credit that he deserves. Dude, you were so early. When we were, you guys, both of you were at, was it a Goldman event? It was in the Goldman building and you were like literally cursing on stage about the people in the audience who didn't know what the f- they were talking yeah. about. And I'm thinking like, what a dick. Like, I love you, but like, what a dick mm-hmm. that you're just like assaulting the audience. But man, have you been right about the Robin Hood and everything else going social at a 2014 Benzinga event. Mm-hmm. I remember laughing. Like everybody oh, laughed. Well, this is funny. Look at these games. These guys are playing. There's toys. And if I just invested in any of these companies, like you were, mm-hmm. boom. So Robin Hood's your. I mean, Robin Hood is what the investment. Robin Hood is not close to my best investment. No, it's but it's the eToro. one that you have become most publicly associated yeah. with because I think I wouldn't you, have predicted that. You have been part investor, part advocate, mm-hmm. uh, and I and you've been right about pretty much everything that you've been saying about why their model is better than the brokerage model. But, and most people don't know the brokerage business, but you do. Mm-hmm. But I know also, the brokerage business because I know I don't want to be. What's in also it. interesting is that Howard, you were saying like not everyone's going to Vanguard. 
everyone did Vanguard, but then everyone also traded. Like, yes. th- like it, they, they both happened. There yeah. was so much and more money. And they'll continue to happen. That's right. a good point. And so the big point I've always made with O'Shaughnessy, and they did Canvas, and they just sold canvases. You know, you guys are good friends with them, Clap too. They sold themselves. They sold themselves, obviously, at the point. But um, the Vanguard was Robin Hood. They just hoarded technology. So I get this out early because I didn't put it in the doc because uh, I don't know how to get into Google Docs because I'm a venture capitalist. <laughs> the, I'm waiting for a better product. We should have given you a Discord. <laughs> I'm waiting for a kid to bring me a better Google Docs. The uh, Wait, what do you mean by that? Vanguard hoarded? Meanwhile, they APIs that everybody talks about APIs. Yeah, yeah. Vanguard invented fractional ownership. You had to, they have, when you for, bought S&P 500, 500 yep. 15 years ago, you were buying fractional shares. Of, right. of, and they decided to not give you a choice. They said, S&P 500. This is how you trade it. This is how it is. Yeah. We own the technology, magical, whatever it is, fractional ownership. And if they had just reversed that and given away fractional ownership and said, hey, why don't you take out Goldman Sachs or Exxon and have the S&P 499, there'd be no Robin Hood. But you know they were never going to do that. I didn't know that. I'm just saying, I didn't know. Even, here's the ingenious of Robin Hood. Nothing, it's not that I'm smart. It's that they're dumb, Vanguard, and that Robin Hood got the right design at the right time on the right platform the right execution, and luckily there's payment for order flow in the United States. We could argue all day. Who cares about no, you're arguing right, you're about right. that? The it's go- just the, part the, the Google point- Everything had to happen correctly, and the incumbents and the media were talking about, you're too dumb to invest, passive, passive, passive. And they were dumb. lying about what passive is. There's no such thing as passive investing because Vanguard's a momentum fund. It's just a, it's a slower, it's a slower overturn. It's a slower- um, churn momentum but vanguard's not dumb they were never going to open it up that's what they do they do index funds that's what it's it's no different than facebook or google or microsoft it's not about being dumb it's about technology like jurassic park when when you mate two male dinosaur uh dinosaurs they'll still somehow have an offspring and in technology though they would never want to make money the way that robin hood makes its money I don't like, even no know what that means. No disrespect. They would not be interested They're an index in that Robin Hood didn't have a business model when they started. We didn't invest. But Josh's Robin is- Hood didn't come to me and say, we have an idea. Payment for order flow for options and crypto. It was 2014. It wasn't, it's not Vanguard being sold. They're an index fund company, period. That's all they are. Well, I'm just saying and, and some I'm sorry, I'm kid who got cost. fired. Yeah, they're low cost. They're low hundreds cost. of kids came into Bogle's office. Closed, unclosed, we don't know. But hundreds of kids came in and said, I got an idea. Because Betty in Iowa hates Exxon, we should offer a 499 fund. And Bogle fired that person, and that person's now in Russia working for Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> so whoever's in charge over there. But the the point is, yes, they knew this stuff. They just – this happens at Schwab. That's why they're Schwab. Schwab, when we went to them with Stocktoots and said, let's build a community, the people who are being paid 150 grand a year to be, to be in charge of products – or Schwab's community were like, oh, we can build that. So we'd walk out of the meeting and some product person protecting their job would say, we can build that in two days. And then the lawyer said, you're right, we can do that. That's why companies get disrupted. So what was, so what was your edge? So it's, what was it, your, how did you do this? Was it, social me- was, it is, social, was it social media? Was it knowing the right people? How did you do this? Well, I don't know if I have an edge. My edge is that I am on the street like you guys talking to people, eyes and ears. We all have eyes and ears. And as you're just like an artist who never got paid until Web 3.0 or at scale, that's why Web 3.0, people are now getting paid for their eyes and ears. They're little different views of the world. And my view of the world, much like Larry David is to comedy or Jon Stewart is I talk to a lot of people. 
I have a cynical, weird view of the world. I see the world differently than other people. And luckily, we live in a world with 0% interest rates, and, and I've built enough trust that people trust me to, to express my view of the world in the form I of think venture you capital. You, I think you also, though, have a very open mind. I don't want to say for someone that's older because you're not old, but you would agree most people your age who started around when you started. Yeah, I was late. Everything is no, no, True. dumb. Right. No, I mean. Yeah. I have and, a young soul. Or seeing the risk and everything before even seeing the opportunity, which I only I'm struggling with personally, by the way. I'm married to a bankruptcy attorney, so she sees everything as a zero. Because people, yeah, people walk in <laughs> in trouble to her. So everything I showed her was like, this is going to fail. But your that's your edge. Most people see risk. No, I said I only see opportunity. Most people see risk. Yeah. You see opportunity. And then software came along, and you almost have to be a thief and a putz to not make money when companies have 95% gross margin. So when I started as an entrepreneur, whatever you call it, entrepreneur, fake entrepreneur, when I was 28 and we started The Grip, I invested in The Grip, the world was a physical... I like it. Yeah, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. We're at all-time high in entrepreneurs. Love it. I love because it. I'm stealing that. That's, that's, that's an old <laughs> term. Every, yeah. Everyone on earth is now a entrepreneur. Yeah. Correct. Right. But that's the media, right? Like everybody, you, the world needs, it's yeah. everything goes back to Caddyshack. Like the world needs ditch diggers too. You make a lot of money. Ryan Graves lives on an island in Hawaii. He was employee, I don't know, tenant, Uber. There's not enough number twos, number threes, number fours. Everybody wants to be Zuckerberg. Mm. But, so you get a lot of entrepreneurs. So speaking, and now you yeah. have a, endless printing, so you're going to get more entrepreneurs. So speaking of entrepreneurs, are you seeing the landscape changing? In, like it's not just Sequoia and Benchmark and all those guys now. There's like solo GPs that are – Packy, a friend of ours. You know Packy. There's like – I'm an investor in this fund. Influencers that are getting deal flow. Like I think this is changing rapidly. Changing, you know more than I. What do you think? Yeah, we're jumping around. So, so I was a solo kind of GP. The world is changing, and I'm trying to change with it, not because I'm smart, but because I'm getting older, and I see the world in a way that's trying to stay in the game. There's only one sport where you can stay in the game into your 80s, investing. You can't do that in any other field. That's, golf. Such, that's such a great point. Yeah, so, so I either quit, and I don't think there is such a thing as quitting. You can't quit. Right. In, in investing, I mean. Next option. I can quit. No, Next option. I'm saying I can quit. I go biking. I you have ADD. Golf. You can't no, quit. No, no, no. You no, can't. no, no. I can quit in the sense of, of the engagement. There's only – I can engage less. Right. How you could slow down, down. But slow down. Too, you get too fired up and excited about ideas to not fund them. But – correct. But I'm saying I can't do it all the time anymore. Yes. So we're evolving our business. So we started out – I started Wall Street and I started Stock Twits. And I didn't get good advice. Like so, so part of what makes me a good investor is I took money from venture capitalists. I believe, even though they're great venture capitalists and good people, they should have talked me out of my business. Which now business? you don't know that Which until well, stock to it. Got it. Okay. So I had just come out of selling Wall Street. I had a view of the world that was unique. You know, Fred Wilson was my investor in Wall Street. Roger Ehrenberg, the best of the best people, gave me money. Mark Pincus. Uh, and I return eight or ten times their money in a year, right? So now the world looks that I'm a genius. I don't know anything. I don't know how to code. I don't know. It was just yeah. right place, right time, right idea. No revenue. YouTube. A lot of lot of lot of miracles. Now I'm an an expert. That's how the world works, right? And yeah, now, you have standing now because you got an exit. By the way, by the fast, way. fast, no revenue. Yeah. I'm a YouTube expert. I'm now all of a sudden like, a video expert, by the even way, though I hired everybody thousand, on Craigslist. There's a thousand guys walking around who were doing the same thing you were, but you got the exit. 
and they don't have the standing that you. But how it's cut, the listeners can't hear, can't see this. You said expert with air quotes, so kudos yeah, to yeah. you. But you are you are an expert. Own it. But I, was, I meant air yeah. quotes. I don't even know what expert means you anymore. Are, no, you're an dude. You're, you're an expert at networking. You're the best yeah. I've ever seen in my life. You're being and weirdly that, humble. You're being weirdly humble. No, but the I'm reason an that matters I'm not an expert is because most of your best deals came because you met somebody, or I was in somebody. The game. I was and in you, the game. Okay, I was on the line game? of scrimmage. Is it, is that, it, that's what it is. It's, yeah, it's networking. I saw a hole in the line of scrimmage, just in, in a sports analogy way. I'm not an athlete, but when no matter how big the players get on the football field, there's still 80-yard runs because holes develop that are gaping, because, and guys are faster than ever. And so software's just created all these too. edges in, in, in how entrepreneurship works, right? You'd only need a little crease and a little in software to just make it a hundred times better. The best analogy that you always give is being like the, the little thing on the bottom of the shark. Yeah, the, the pilot fish. So, so when you go see any picture of a shark, you see hundreds of fish underneath it, and they're called pilot fish. And they're not famous or anything, but no one even notices it there. But if you really look and you go, those pilot eat fish all day. have a great life. <laughs> they eat all day. As long as they stay behind the shark, just under its mouth, they can... They can trash talk. They can do whatever they <laughs> yeah, yeah. want. They eat for free. They got a constant buffet. And they just have to keep eyes pointed forward. And they're not, it's not a sexy existence. And trend following, which, which, you know, when I look at the nature and I saw that, and the same thing with the Peloton, you know, when you watch the Tour de France, it's not how much you stay in the lead. It's when you decide to get in the lead. And so for a pilot fish, there's probably many a times where you see a pilot fish go off and all the other pilot fish are going, what the f- that pilot fish doing but at some point you got to make a break but you know what you know why trench following is hard howard because a lot of people are afraid that they're too late or that as soon as they get it in the trench, looks so you have to know where the sharks right. are if you know where the sharks are right if you know where softbank and d1 like i didn't know there'd be 10 softbanks there was a, a month or two where i was like joking on twitter this is the end this course, is the top right. but then the data comes to you and you see two softbanks and then you see three softbanks and you go wait a minute something's changed i got to change my thinking because i'm wrong Luckily, I didn't bet all my money on there only that being the top. And I got to rethink as a trend follower, this trend may still go on. And it may even get better because now startups have 10 ways to sell their company, not just one way. It's just starting. It's just starting. Okay. So there is, a, there, is a, there is a part of me with 0% interest rates and Web 3.0 and the fact that Twitter and Facebook and Netflix are too big and too slow – um, that Web 3.0 may just be, we just may be seeing a bubble on top of a bubble or a boom on top of a boom, I whatever we want to call it. Yeah. And it's not, I don't like to be the guy to be bullish or bearish, but I'm like, it's very, the data would say that there's a lot of bubble behavior and a lot of really bearish, like people too bearish. And I would say there's enough money out there. It's confusing. That's smart yeah. money. And I start smart with quotes, uh, Chase or whatever all these guys are doing. They're not dumb. They may not be smart, but they're allocating capital because they are trying to vanguardize the the um, VC industry. Because the faster they commoditize it, the bigger their brands get, the more money they collect, and the more fees they get. And I'm just trying to be a pilot fish in this industry and stay small while these guys get big. So my biggest risk would be thinking I'm smart or an expert and scaling up social leverage to do growth rounds. Right. right. We've just stayed at three people. You just met Don or fourth and maybe about five or six where we're still in the same weight class that we were when we started. And that I think why is that genius. so why is that so why do you want to stay that small? Because hands, then you become the guy. expert in a space where everybody else moves up a weight class and you get more 
and everybody's willing to work with more you. More successful because you, you're getting, though, the more handsome the people you hire. Yeah, dude, Don, Don's got a full head. I mean, this look unbelievable. Good, good He's guy. Kith boy. I call him Dr. Kith. Yeah, we're because... going to use a picture of him instead of you for the uh, the podcast call well, this he sh- week. People talk to me, and then he shows up at the meeting, so we're one of two people, so it helps close business. <laughs> so I want to ask you about, before we leave this topic, I want to ask you about um, Robin Hood and the pandemic. You would agree with me. This would not be, what is it, $50 billion company now? 40-ish. 40, yeah. 40, not okay. that I'm counting. No f-ing way would this be what it is yet at least, if not for what went on last year. Like, yeah, I mean, if you would- Last listen, year I, and well, early this year. Yeah, so I'm one of the lucky few that when we, the pandemic hit in February, March, I was here in New York. I, I remember exactly where I was when it really became serious because I was in a stupid restaurant like Fancy Carbones and- um, I'm having dinner with Adam Bain and all my friends, yeah. and and we're talking SPACs and like even though car, like it was February 28th, yeah, and like we all knew that it was. What were we thinking? We and were joking at the time. Yeah, we yeah. were still. It was in Italy. Like, we were it talking about Italy. podcasts. We're we were about talking about like you know, but it was here, obviously. And I'm in a small room, and there's like the Beckham's in like one thing, DiCaprio sitting over my other shoulder, and I'm just like, this is the greatest night of my life. Yeah, and and. I, we were in COVID, right? Yeah. So so when COVID hit, it was like, and I had come to New York to make some hard decisions around some of our companies because I saw it coming, but I didn't know how bad it would be, but we saw it coming. We were trying to help companies like get in front of this because that's our job and making some decisions about some of our companies that month. And I didn't, my wife didn't want me being in New York. It wasn't like a, a smart decision, but we had to do work. And obviously they closed the world down. So if in March and April, I was like, LPs are calling me, your investments are so dumb. Everybody was like, didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> Rally Road doesn't look smart at the beginning of a pandemic, nor does Robin Hood. Like, now really? they're both, like, now they're both made, on fire. Like, okay, but what I'm fire, saying right? is they, it wasn't like I was confident that they would go no, jihad. No, could never know. Right. So so in April, March and April, we were like, they're, they're all down 80%. Lucky for me, those are not marked publicly. So while Zillow's no down 60%, we're yeah. not thinking about Robinhood. I was just thinking of buying Zillow. I was I was starting panic with friends saying, wait a minute, it's too late to panic. You should have panicked in January. Yeah. So it's a buy. If you're not going to sell, you might as well buy because everything's down 50%. It was best call of my life. Didn't make any private market investments. I just saw enough public market stuff to do. Started panic with friends. Gave me the courage to start buying things and publicly, which I rarely do, really talk about stocks. And just say, guys, if you didn't sell it, you might as well buy. And then, yeah, by May. And the other thing that private companies do very quickly is you have a board meeting and say, everybody agreed across the board, fire 25% of their staff. That was just like in the public world while you're all – while everybody's arguing about who's going to get what aid, every VC, everything read the same memo and said, it's okay to fire 25% of your staff. That was way better than the public markets could do. And so – what you started seeing by May is everybody scrambling to hire people back. And you had DoorDash, which we all made fun of pre-pandemic, exploding. So I think DoorDash was the first sign of a real Why company. they started hiring everyone that got laid off in D.C.? Not just uh, hiring, in, in growing tech. insanely. They never fired. Like, they didn't because, have time to fire. But, so they – we talk about rum, but like the DoorDashes and the delivery companies benefited Uber the Eats, most. DoorDash – Oh my when god! It went. I think Uber Eats uh, saved the company, saved Uber. Of what course, do you think? but DoorDash is the well, big DoorDash one. DoorDash firm by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Pay later. We talk about Robinhood like it was all people trading from their home. No, a lot of businesses really took off, yes. including Shopify and yes. Amazon. So, so what happened was quickly is that the world 
stayed open or some part of it stayed open. And I just was part lucky, part uh, – well, yeah, part lucky. Did you make any private investments during the pandemic? I struggled to. And my partner, Gary, was amazing. I struggled to write Zoom checks, right? I was like pencils down. What do you mean Zoom checks? Oh, Meaning okay, you could only yeah, meet people yeah. on meeting. Zoom. Here's, here's and, my... You know, as a guy who's hit the streets all my life, I'm like, I got to right. meet the press. Right. Got to have dinner with them, maybe get drunk with them, talk with them, see how they behave. Right. Uh, I struggled. And so I was you can't get to know very somebody. much in the public markets. You can't and, get to and know somebody stock twits. That's tough. Yeah, but my partner wrote some amazing checks over that year, uh, Gary, without meeting people. And companies, great companies have been built. And healthcare really took off. And enterprise really took off. And trading really took off. Lucky for me, I had made my investments in crypto and stocks well before Right, I think all the people that are writing checks into fintech now are overpaying, and you, uh, you you've, know, stu- like you've stuck to your you've you've always stuck to your knitting in terms of like you're doing consumer finance, you're doing B two B finance, mm-hmm. you're doing uh, I think cons- infrastructure like, finance, I think consumer discretionary like fun stuff like you know, the manscaping, which we're not going to talk about again. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if I see you doing like uh, gene editing. Investments, I'm yeah. gonna be like how he jumped the shark. Yeah, but and you've so, never you've never done that. Don't don't you get pitch deals? You ever say like this is not my area? Always. I okay. mean, it's lucky for me people pitch me that way because then I'd have to dig in and pass. Right now, I am of the of, of no no biologics. Yeah, Howie's, well, people uh, know portfolio. from reading my blog, they're not yeah. gonna pitch me something I don't like. Right. And if they do, I dismiss Good. so fast because if you spend two minutes researching me, which you should do if you're asking me for money, you should know what I do. All right, let's keep it moving. We've got so much to get to. All right, so you said that speculation is the new entertainment. Yes, obviously. I wish I had made that up. I re- I just heard it in a pitch. The biggest it, entertainer. It just, me, it just made me like, whoa. The biggest entertainer of the pandemic year. Portnoy. Portnoy. But. Who Terrible. basically, well, we could get a great that. entertainer, great entertainer. Amazing. And most of the entertainment involves tasting pizza or speculating. Mm-hmm. And he's great at both. But he's bad. There's good speculation and bad speculation. Yeah, but he's telling you he's bad at it's it. It's like good naked. No, I don't trust anything he says. So come really? on. You don't think he's in on the joke? All right. Go ahead. There is no joke. Okay. The, you guys good. all want to make fun of Robin Hood. Let's be honest. We should be. He's running a casino. He's on. Whatever the f***ing Hannity <laughs> show or whatever that asshole is uh, that used to be on CNN. Who's the guy with the hair the that's before Hannity? I don't watch that shit. Okay. But whatever. These f***ing flamethrowers are telling us that Vlad and Baiju have to go to jail. I'm not judging. That guy runs a casino where 50% of the kids in college go home at a weekend with a steak or without a steak. He has no – he has every what, right to comment. The on- online uh, game. gambling. David Day Trader? Yeah. Forgetting David Day Trader. I'm talking about people that use a bully pulpit to talk highly about other people when they're in the exact same industry, unregulated actually, and 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 telling us who's a crook when they're running a gambling. Oh, operation. you don't like that. Meaning, he, he, he has like, zero credibility. If he like, was there making fun of Fox, that'd so be you funny. Don't, you don't like that he that he attacked. Now Vlad. he runs a brokerage. He attacked he Vlad. Invested in a, I don't care if he attacked Vlad. I care that he's saying they should go to jail. Yeah. It's aggressive. It's aggressive, yeah. meaning I thought he was funny. Yeah. I think he is funny. You lost my you, – when you interview Trump for clicks, you lost me. Uh, you you know, you, I liked him. I was blogging about how genius it was because it was, like, disruptive. But he took that trust and just pissed it away. All right. So f- forget forget about that. I'm not just saying the, he's not a genius. But I'm just the saying idea, I don't like it. The idea, though, just generally speaking, that speculation – 
has become entertainment. Correct. Can we, can we stick with us for the second? Yeah, is yeah, there yeah. room for that to continue I, much longer? Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I don't think that this is necessarily uh, depending on a bull market because I think no, and you it has know nothing that to do with a bull market. There's always this stocks, is a lifestyle. There's exactly there's this always is Lulu. Stocks, there's always stocks going up, and I've said don't take this the wrong way that Robinhood is the most addictive app on the planet. Yeah, people, it's a game. People don't get unaddicted. It doesn't matter if the market's I'll going. I'll take the other side. You might be right. I'm not a positive. No, guys, people this has don't... been going on. It would finally have a product that works. So does this stay in a bear market? What do you think? Of course. I think so, too. No Trump, do you see the volume that traded nope. today? They nope. invented a meme token about a SPAC today. In SPACs a bear were market, left for dead for months until they today. They are dead. And a SPAC went up 500% That's a special today. situation. They're that's, always that's, special situations. That's the point. But so if it's There's not always stocks, a special if it, situation. Always. If it's not stocks, it's crypto. It's listen, like special purpose in listen, the jerk. We Everybody has a special purpose, and there's enough global uh, ideas floating around that there will always be special. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, situations. situations. Yeah. I think that the people can trade. Casino moves, and it stays it's in stocks, and then it goes. It's it's already in NFTs, and. We have data on this from Felix Salmon, writing at Axios, that sucking sound you hear is the outflow of meme-chasing dollars from the stock market. He hasn't Small been investors. Right no, this is data. Small there, his data is, is biased to whatever he – how he reads the data. He says uh, Cardify, market research firm, has oh, a yeah, panel of – They're a huge well, multi-billion well, dollar data This is interesting. This is interesting. 500 let – me, let me give you the data. 500,000 users who allow them to see the money flowing in and out of their account – of those users, 30% of money put money into places like Robinhood or Fidelity that facilitated stock trading, blah, blah, blah. So what he's saying is in January, they put $37 million into the stock market mm -hmm. and withdrew $19 million. In September, last month, investments were only $16 million, but withdrawals were $26 million. Mm -hmm. They're going into crypto. They're going into NFTs. They're coming out of stocks. Mm -hmm. That's not surprising to me. Yeah, and that would contradict. But, all right, so I, I think a lot of the shit they were putting money into was blown up. They yeah, were big in SPACs, big in electric vehicles, yeah. big in like. But I have a SPAC, and I don't think it's a bear market. I think it's a bear market for promoters right now. Yes. But then Trump just put an end to that. SPACs are a bear market. SPACs are in a yeah. bear market because there's a lot of bad deals. They could come back in two seconds. How much they longer? did today? Yeah. yeah. How much longer do you have uh, to do a deal for, with your SPAC? Uh, like fifteen months. Okay. Um, but going back to that data. Oh, you have a while. Yeah, but it's not a while. Was, it a, two year, was it a two-year two period year. initially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we've 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 done some. Anyways, the, I can't. Is, I don't want to talk is, about this. No, fact, you, but you well, can't. I'm, but I'm, is I, in the back of your head that like the clock is ticking or not really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the back of my head that I'm 56 and I have to pee right now. My prostate <laughs> is like screaming too. But on the data part, yeah. Um, the data, good, bad data. It's like, what is data? I mean, the data is in the eye of the beholder. We can we can paint data to say what we want. Okay. What really is happening is that we are lighting up the world with superhighways. There's an on-ramp. Robinhood is just one of the on-ramps now. Shout to on-ramp. And yeah, I love on-ramp. On-ramp is also an on-ramp. I love it. The uh, But shout out to the people that are playing the game. The game has just gotten bigger and better. Okay? More inclusive. I'm happy to call the stock market a game. But in the game, and Robinhood is the best at it if it's called a game, you have an account and you have money in it and you have a stake. And your idea, the goal of the game is to take your stake and get it upward to the right. Many people don't. Maybe most people don't. Maybe some people should do Vanguard. Maybe some people should just be in cash. But once people learn the game, we should be teaching people the game. 
And if we were arguing the over way, what we call right it, way to we're doing it the wrong way. Is that the right way to learn the game? I think everybody should learn unsupervised that, go trade options, use leverage, do whatever the f you want. That, but you, now you're you're putting words in my mouth. Okay. What I'm saying is it's not perfect. But what I'm saying is the game has to begin, right? Like shoot 'em up games are games. Kids are learn multiplayer games through shoot 'em up games. I don't endorse it. I never played them. I think they're dumb. But you do learn something. Like my son, who doesn't really play games, and that game that Tencent was popular, whatever the shoot, where you're all playing at the same time. Sometimes it's like don't engage in the first ten minutes of a fight. <laughs> Let seventy percent of the people kill themselves, then listen, show up, and listen. you'll survive longer. So sometimes just the game is about surviving. Like, what are we doing here? Let the games begin. It's an anchorman. Yeah. Oh, got it. So, so we need All to- right, the games have definitely begun. No, I'm just saying the ramps are lit. Yes. People are onboarded. Yes. Okay? That's what I bet on. Like, people want to yell at me for Robin Hood or yell at me for Vlad. I don't know. That's not what I- I don't know what the hell I was supposed to do. I was betting on millions of people being denied Dude, onboarding. you were right. You yeah. were nailed right. it. You're right. But You're I'm not, not right about anything. their behavior or what payment for order for. I have no I have no point of view of any of this. When I wrote a check at a 10 million valuation, uh, my bet was that tens of millions of people needed to be onboarded. You I were was right. right. You were right. You were right because it was not clear whether the stocks were worth 40 billion right. or 10 billion right. or 50 billion. You were right because it was not clear that this whole generation would ever I, it be was clear in to me. Right, but okay, I'm saying sorry. That's the, where the data I will wasn't credit there. For. The data wasn't exactly. there. Exactly. So you quoting Felix Salmon is why I take offense to it. Okay. I deal in the belief that I have eyes and ears, right. and I have domain experience in what I know. And the more voices I hear, the worse my decisions will get. So I don't give a f what CNBC or Felix Salmon or Bloomberg say. Not because they're dumb and not because I hate them, because they mess with my head and I see the world differently. Yeah. And I get paid and people pay me for my views, not to ask other people what they think. Do you remember all the articles about uh, Gen Y or millennials hate stocks? Uh, I probably wrote a bunch. It was true at the time. Like their parents got blown up a couple of times while they were teenagers. They hate banks. And they, well, we, without a doubt. Okay. But do you remember, well, you remember like that, all of that? talk about and they had every reason skip to. stocks and they did yeah they did okay because they had shitty tools yeah okay? i agree with and that and they had shitty delayed information now they have a telegram group that daniel loeb isn't in and that Felix salmon isn't in they have a group they have a group that the guy down the street who had a hundred bagger in solana or polygon is part of and he understands tech and he understands a little bit of inside information about drops and they can go on to some feed on Discord, which I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. inside information is now everywhere. And before inside information was one pipe and it was guarded by the Fed and it was paid for with who could get closest to the data with the most bandwidth. Yeah. Now the most bandwidth doesn't necessarily mean you win. The weirdest, the longer you hang out in a, the right Discord channel mantles matters and and having more capital is a kind of a disadvantage having having agility and trading these penny nfts having, is a, better. having a life is a disadvantage because having a life is a serious disadvantage right because you're not Funny you're not true. dialed in on I have a everything life. going on i'm getting I'm how many are you still having a life is my new disadvantage <laughs> how, many, how many deals very, you, how many deals are you true. looking at these days I mean, looking is a great question. Define looking. Yeah, you got to even see a deck, Engaging whatever. Engaging has always been the same because you really – so I'm trying to engage better. Which, so the, so let, the zen of this, like Fred Wilson and the people who mentor me, Roger Ehrenberg and Brad Feld, the zen of this is 
filters, you know, and I think, I forget where I read it first. It's not information overload, it's filter failure. There's always been information yeah. overload because yes. you have eyes and ears and you, and you have a nose. What, what, what matters is, oh, that smells like shit. Like, could you def if, you, if you can smell shit and if you have the right filters, you win. And so building filters, like me following you and listening which podcasts I choose, not being an expert in every podcast. Right. There's only so much time in the day. So yeah. filter failures is the key that I try and tell people. And that's why Twitter is so popular and so hated is do you listen to the fire hose or do you listen to four people? Right. And I think if you listen to the right four people, you can – Twitter is the most I valuable very product much, in the world. I have very much like – gone in that direction after yeah. years of going the opposite direction. Because you were direction. a contributor to the fire hose. But I, I was doing a link fest on my blog five days a week yeah, a lot and picking 10 articles every morning yeah. for myself Thank God and you other did. people to me. read. It was great at the time. I don't think that that would help me now to read that many different sources. It would help you I in need the to sense focus on you, what I trust at this point. It also would – again – there's no right answer. It, if it's not helping you, you made the right decision. It's only helping you if it gives you some yeah. sort of satisfaction. I stopped if six, it's seven leading years to ago, misery, the good decision <laughs> is to stop doing it. Yeah. And so those are good decisions you we made. Talk the fact about that you're on this podcast or whatever we call this and I get to come on is a thrill for me because I want to be able to talk with my friends candidly about this type of stuff, even if we're ranting and rambling and, make, and upsetting a few people, is because, you know, we get to – talk with the people that we trust and share with other people or they don't have to listen. Like it's, we're not like, so this is like the greatest opportunity to flesh out ideas and, and listen to people. So I want to talk about the fire hose and envy and insecurity. And I wrote this thing this morning about like the new fear and greed, I think is actually insecurity and envy. And it's like versions of fear and greed, right? But it's very distinct to this moment. And the envy part is obvious, just watching people become billionaires overnight, 22-year-olds who don't know anything. Like, that's killing people uh, from a sentiment standpoint. Mm -hmm. Middle-aged people who are working on Wall Street in, in, in middle-class jobs, they're watching this circus going on outside their window. And I think it's making them, like, almost consider buying weapons uh -huh. at this point. So I think there's a lot of that going on, and I think that colors – a lot of the market commentary, and now everything is a bubble, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then insecurity, like, do I will I even have a job uh, because of all this disruption, all this innovation, mm -hmm. uh, especially in financial services? How, like, how big of a factor do you think that is in the way people are investing and the way people are now thinking about their portfolio, taking huge bets or whatever? Like, I, f I feel like I'm seeing a ton of it. Yeah, I think we are, but it happened, and it's like Elvis versus whoever's U2 versus celebrities of the day. I think you're overthinking it. Okay. I think it was a great piece. Uh, I, I, I'll, go I'll go delete it now. No, no, no. I think it's – Fear and greed is, is, is some form of anxiety. Yeah. And I, I've battled with anxiety for 100 years, but no one called it that. They called it mood swings. They called it yeah. depression. But I just basically battled from anxiety from the house that I grew up in because my, you know, because my parents created this for, this sense of anxiety because you had to be a doctor, lawyer, and accountant as a Jewish kid. But I, we all have anxiety. We're calling it fear and greed now, but it's basically, I mean, I'm, how am I doing? Mm. It's the Jones. What is the, You're right. It's the That's Jones That's what it boils syndrome. down to. It's we always where, where do Jones. I stand? What's, where, yeah, 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 where am I with the keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah, yeah. It's just a new form of it. 
because now there's a did, there's two economies. There's a physical one that's defined by the skyscrapers here and the roads and the world is flat around the argument versus the cloud, which is everywhere. So first, and we still have arguing. We have people arguing about valuations. Yeah, Why are we insane. arguing about valuations when there's, we could be picking gold off the street or off the clouds? So yeah. they're arguing over the wrong things. There's nothing but opportunity. So I think I can only go back to the original question with Rachel. is like, how do we raise our kids? Because when, we, when I was a kid, as a Jewish kid in an upper middle class or wealthy neighborhood, you had three choices. You had good friends. They were all going to be lawyers, dermatologists, doctors, accountants, whatever. Yeah. So that was what you had to become because that meant – that was the status symbol. It was like, well, that's what else you, would you do? You're going to be a furrier or a deli owner? There was no how internet. Were, yeah, that's how you were able there to no scale. Court, court a young lady from a, a family that your parents would approve of. Yeah. Right. It, the <laughs> scale before uh, the internet meant open a one retail store and hopefully it became a hundred retail store. It was the Gap or Abercrombie. That was yeah. – same store sales was the original Odell's growth. Odell's Sporting Goods. Same store sales was, was the cloud. That's right. Okay. Then the cloud disrupted same-store sales because it's, it's how many sales per second. And so, so if we look at the internet, there was a f moment of fake internet before the internet, which was QVC, when everybody said, this is the greatest. Oh, my God. I, I can watch TV and buy shit. And I had one of I, I had made an investment pre-internet in a company called The Grip, which be is in the QVC Hall of Fame for selling squeeze balls on QVC. I might have bought one. Okay. So – I saw the internet before the internet because QVC would staff up a hundred floors in Philadelphia with people answering the phone and they had the little thing on the counter, but there was only one channel, but that was the internet. And if you got on TV on and you saw the numbers going up, QVC wasn't even sophisticated enough to know about profits per second. They were just like, if it was spinning and people were buying, keep them on. Betty, keep them on. Keep the product on. Keep talking. Go back. Keep talking. Get back, Howard. <laughs> Play the guitar. Do you have a ukulele? <laughs> um, and so that was the internet. And that would be like saying Shopify, there's one store on Shopify. So, so all these people talking about they know the future is like, just before the internet was QVC, and we thought that was the greatest thing ever, but it was one channel with one host selling one product 24 hours But it a made day. retailing unlimited. That's what it did. It took the governors of geography off of retailing. But what I'm saying is we have people arguing about this stuff, and all they should be thinking about is how do I – help my kids and and we had so if you had to be a lawyer doctor accountant you had to go to school yeah and then you had to go to grad school and so your parents had all this pressure of doing this and so that became ingrained in culture at a wrong time like should a parent should a kid have 200 grand in debt i say not i'm not saying like alta share somebody or peter till says school should be dead i'm saying parents need to make better decisions and they got to help their kids make better decisions because the on-ramps are different right Really, right, as I tell my nephews and kids right now, you have three choices. If you can't code, you better be able to sell, okay? Yeah. Because you're going to be selling shit that the coders make. And you don't even really have or to go door to door anymore. you got to put on a headset and follow a script yeah. and talk to, and send an email and follow up on an email and close, 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 close. And if you do that rat race, right, which used to be the IBM salesman going or the, or the vacuum salesman going door to door, and you, and you have your, a job on LinkedIn for a year, recruiters are going to find you for the next great widget or the next great sales source. So there's yeah. a whole new way to accelerate through the curve, and people are arguing about nonsense. All right, Duncan, cut that entire part out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
the the anxiety, what you call fear and greed, is from people being on the wrong path because people are worried about the wrong things. That's what I, that's what so, I meant to say. Uh, let's let's talk about about Web three. Speaking of the future, are mm-hmm. you? I've all the money's going here. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, every day. Uh, I saw some some announcements today about this company. It doesn't even matter. There's so much money going into Web three. What are you, what are you doing there, if anything? I'm super bullish, but. I say this as a person, you know, we're... You don't in, have lasers in your eyes, though. Some breaking profile, news, right? you know, we... we breaking we, news? Drum yeah, roll, yeah. please. Well, what do I you don't got? have a drum roll. Uh, well, the breaking news is we're evolving like everybody else around Web 3.0. I got lucky in the sense that I was an investor in eToro in 2010, and the first person to mention Bitcoin to me was Yoni Asi, who was a good friend of mine in Israel, and he was like, buy Bitcoin, and it was 12 cents. I remember looking at it at Mount Gox at the time, and it was, I was like, leave me alone. Just take my money and invest in eToro. Yeah. Okay, here we are today, and I still remain bullish because guess what? I, who am I going to talk to but Yoni Asia? And he's not selling. <laughs> who, who else would know more than Yoni Asia, right? So, so every, it goes back to information overload and filter failure. So am I bullish? Yes, because the people who got me into it are still bullish, and they only have reputation risks and their own capital risk. They're not promoters. They were early believers in the Bible or whatever we're going to call this or whatever, gold yeah, or yeah. whatever you call it. Paper. I don't care. So I'm bullish. I didn't know it would be called Web 3.0, just like, you know, so great. They finally have a name for it, right? And staking is a lot better than Satoshi's. Like the words are getting better, first of all. Sushi yeah. sushi and the marketing, swap. the market is cool. I own some, but Uniswap and SushiSwap are very cool, but they're just like information, or they're just highways that people trade on top of. So how t- today? Hang on. So, Go ahead. so on, I'm bullish, but in a different way. I don't have the skills. Mm. I'm not in the Discord rooms. So I'm evolving my business. You're picking model the to people. Take advantage. Yeah. So, so we at Social Leverage have decided to evolve our business model. That yeah, we we occasionally will continue to bet on founders, but we have evolved our business model to be more of an emerging manager. Because we think the winners of tomorrow will look different than the winners of today. And like you had Packy on, writers are the new promoters. You're smart. I don't know if is I'm smart. I'm skills, evolving. Is it the same skill set? To pick it feels a, smart. Howard, it to feels pick smart. A founder People don't evolve. Pick a, a manager. Yeah. That, and so for years, hedge funds had fund of funds and they were a disaster. Right. Because, and so they got rent off as fees on fees and that played into the Vanguard model. So why is what you're doing different? Hang on. I don't know, this is a podcast. Let's slow down. The what? It's 140 <laughs> characters or longer. It's, it's not that two, it's different. The timing is better. Okay, so let me give you three examples, not to give away the secret. Fees matter, always have, but also fees don't matter more than they've ever not mattered. In the sense that everybody's thinking about fees at a time when alpha's never been higher because technology is going like this globally, nationally, deeper, wider, whatever you want to call it. The funnel looks just goes like this. It's out of San Francisco now. It just keeps breaking and breaking and coming from different angles, right? So at a time when there's this much crazy dispersion in returns, why am I worried about fees? Like if I suck at it, I suck at it, and the fees don't matter. And if I'm great at it, the fees don't matter. The middle is, yeah, it sucks. If you're going to be, if you want market returns, you should pay zero. Vanguard exists. If you want market returns in VC, put your money in Tiger. They're trying to get you 10 or 12% a year. If you want to take risks, this goes to your argument, is the cat's out of the bag. Kids want to take risks because the only job satisfaction that exists today is picking winners because you're working from home, you have 24 hours in the day, your parents – 
if they're, if you're lucky, your parents are rich, the money's coming to you to avoid estate taxes. So you might as well learn to invest because that's the new doctor. The new lawyer is learning how to you know, allocate capital so that at least you have life satisfaction and job satisfaction and can pass the money on to kids. We could argue about the rules, but the way it exists today is you're going to get rich from somebody who hands so you down start, money. So you're going to start meeting with people who are making blockchain we already investments. Did. Yeah, so I was lucky and enough how do you, to first how do you invest in— who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't? It's all instincts, or? Well, I was making these bets when no one was. So I was okay. betting on people in 2016 and 2017, and I made a lucky bet in a company called Multicoin. I could have put more in, but I invested a certain amount of money in Multicoin. Are they, are they behind Solana? Yeah, they were the first money in Jeez, Solana. Like, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm, I really am, because I'm not smarter than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not smarter than you, but I, yeah, I'm a, I feel a little bit guilty because... Uh, my job is to not piss them off at this point because I want to stay in there. In there. Oh, that's interesting. The blockchain guys don't want any notes from you. What's he going to tell in them? In the same way that uh, I'm just trying to stay. Le- I'm just trying not to upset him. It's like Seinfeld. It's like yeah. I'm like a Newman. <laughs> I don't want to be their Newman at this point. So like, we, so, we I'll saw, get them water. Hey, we, do you need anything? Can I? Yeah. Can I take you do your we laundry? Saw this today. Do your kids call need their, a favor? Call their parents. For we them. saw this today. It's every single day on TechCrunch. Today was this company Parallel. Do you know who Parallel is? I never heard of them. You might have. It's a sci-fi card game based on the Ethereum blockchain. They raised $50 million today at a, at a half a billion dollar valuation. Okay. It's every single day. So I don't read TechCrunch because I did that in 2006 when the numbers were smaller, but it was the same amount of announcements at Web 2.0. And I almost would killed drive myself. You, would it drive you crazy? It would drive you crazy. So I think it's great that you read TechCrunch because it's keeping it's you guys current. No, but I mean, yeah. it keeps you guys yeah. current. I've learned physical, with, uh, with paper, filter uh, failure copy. is that it's a it's a boom. To argue that would be crazy. We could argue about being a bubble on podcasts and on Twitter all day, but it's a boom. So get my f-ing goggles on, my boom goggles on, and we try thought- and back really smart people at reasonable prices. We're in a world of momentum, and I'm trying to not find value. I'm just trying to find good people. John, let's up these charts. So it's a boom. It's the a boom. boom. It's a boom. So it's so- the biggest boom that's ever happened. What's and the, it's what's global. The so, what's not this. Next, next one. Next one, guys. Um, so I saw this number today. $74 billion in capital invested in Europe. It's a record year. $115 billion in exits. I mean, just insane numbers. So the annual uh, value was $115 billion through Q3. Already five times the amount reached 2020. That's Europe. All right, let's look at the United States. This is the venture capital investments. It's like breaking I mean, the top Thank of God. the chart. It's hilarious. It's just, it's it's absurd. But what do you, but I'm saying there's, there's, they're printing money. Where do they expect it to go? The real bubble is in bonds. Like if we're really going to be make fun of like why, like let's dig down to what Josh was saying. Is like he's not really – Josh is open-minded about it, but he's like it's, it's, it's a game because the people at the Fed made it a game. So okay? before we get to this – hold and, on. How, you know, but and, bubble, bonds can't be in a bubble. Here's why. I, I, I don't know right. bubble. But I'm saying there's – as advisors, I, I do this joke, and we joke about the 60-40 portfolio. It's not broken. It is broken. Blah, it's blah, stupid. Blah, blah, blah. I, as a somewhat wealthy person now, have not thought about a bond. And if my advisor recommends a bond, and I talk to Charlie, I own it at RIA Compound. Shout out to Charlie. And Charlie helps manage my money. Is that he he can show me all the portfolios he wants, and you guys could show me all the portfolios I want. But I believe there's a new approach to managing capital, right? And bonds are being disrupted. They're being disrupted not by 
they're being disrupted by software. They're being mm -hmm. disrupted by margins. They're being disrupted by entrepreneurs. They're being disrupted by the Fed. They're being disrupted by the government. They're being disrupted by crypto, which has staking, which you can take. So, so I would argue with the wealthy young people that if a 70-30 portfolio, that you could earn the same yield taking staking 5% of that 30% in crypto. Yeah, there's risk, but theoretically there's risk in bonds too. You could stake 5% of that 30% in Solana or, or Bitcoin or Ethereum though. and earn, we don't know the history. We just say today, I don't have enough data, but the, well, the data how, I have says, go take 5%, YOLO know. it in a staking crypto, earn 6%, and that gets you your whatever you would get we, in the 30%, and now you can have cash and not even take risk. So cash is a bond. We cash also, is a bond. We John also, Capital, shout out. He's we, amazing at We that. also know, though, that when shit went south for innovation in 2000 to 2002, the NASDAQ fell 85% and treasury bonds went up. Mm -hmm. So we know that that- Well, treasuries are different than, I, I'm a jack yeah. or treasuries. Uh, corporate I'm bonds, not against, corporate bonds against, might as well be a stock yeah, in, in a crisis. 2% to Microsoft. I don't know, I don't right, know bonds. Throw that chart but, back up. So what, what, I, what I want to say, uh, Howard, is you're talking about valuation. Look at where we've come from. Yeah, and I mean, there's a bubble in valuations, but that's, I don't know how to, I don't know when it ends. I'm not or saying how to don't play. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying what you're seeing is that prices yeah. keep going up. Yeah. And, and I think I, this is a one way train. Eventually, this, this is value at media, annual median so valuation. Per that round. We, you can have a 3D bubble while the rest of tech booms. Yep. Facebook, Snapchat's down 30% today. You think Ethereum's down 30%? Uh, Snapchat's down 30% because Apple's doing things to their business model. But when you're it has looking, nothing to affect. When you're Web looking at the you know, as long as money's not completely flowing out of the market, we're not going to have a crash. When you're looking and at I don't deals, know what makes that happen? What what do what does valuation mean to you? If you're bullish on a company, is there a valuation where you would say, "Listen, I love what you guys are doing, but this is just too, all day." I say, "I love oh, what you, you're doing, but it's too expensive." I, I, I'm insulted sometimes. I tell them. So, it I, so to I you. start every conversation right now is, is like before we get into a ten minute presentation, where are you raising at? And then I cut if they say fifteen million. You look at pre-revenue. You look at pre-revenue companies. I actually ask what the valuation is. Wait, first. fifteen is too high for me. Are you wait? Are so you look, that helps me. That's my filter. Got it. Are you looking Meaning, at companies? Why are you calling me? Do I sound like an asshole? I'm not saying you can't be worth a billion, <laughs> but I do the math myself, and I've been in the danced in the end zone, and the math doesn't make sense to me. So are you? Is this seed or pre-seed? Uh, it's a good question. I, I, just, just. But you're not seeing anything less than 15, are you? I'm seeing stuff at 30. Right. And I'm like, why are we on the call? Like, I mean, good luck. And but let me ask a dumb question because I'm, I'm curious about this. If you buy into a I don't a make the rules. But let I me just, ask you a question. I'm just a participant. You're buying a company you hope to be worth $300 million one day. Mm -hmm. Why does it matter if you're paying 15 or 30? If you're doing it just a one-off, it doesn't matter. If you're doing it as a professional, it matters because every bullet I fire in my world has to do a certain thing if it works. So every time I write a check out of our fund, we have to think if we write another check and another check, will that investment pay back the fund based on what we think the TAM is? So TAM, total addressable market, still does matter to me. I don't like to argue what TAM is because we've been right. proven wrong, but some data that I believe based on my eyes and ears and my years in the business, right, gives me some scope. Not Felix Salmon, but my eyes. Meaning, when I started doing deals, one on two was how seeds were done. When I invested in mean? Buddy Media, what does that mean? when I invested in Buddy Media, or when Wall Street was started, when I raised my seed money, you it was like two million pre was like a crazy high yeah. valuation. Everything's the ra everything's and the so ration, if though. that was low in two thousand eight, right? And let's say that it should have been four. 
then based on the multiplier of like seven year 10%, I think 30 is bananas. So assuming that 08 was wrong and things should have been priced at four, then things should be priced at eight to 10 now or but 12. A, a movie and, ticket. And they should be great company or they should be the best of the best. A movie ticket And so when someone tells me, this is a good point, when someone says to me, because we're backing young managers now, we're trying to coach them, when they tell me, well, he's the best, I go, what does the best mean? Because if he was the best, he may be the best coder and he may, he may have the best, went to Stanford, be the, the smartest math guy. But if he was really good, he would understand cap tables and he would understand momentum and he would understand public markets because these are now all factors in crossover. And every entrepreneur needs to be a crossover too. It's not just the investors. The founder needs to understand the stock market. Guess why? Because they're allowed to. They're allowed to, under, they're allowed to have a Robinhood account and a, and a Coinbase account. So if, if I talk to a founder and, and another person says, well, he's the best, and, I, and if he was the best, he would understand that valuing his company at 10 million, he can still be a billionaire. But we need to make money too for the risk. And we understand that things go sideways for a year or two. And if they raise it 30 now, okay, based on the TAM in my brain from doing this for 15 years, they have very little room for error. And momentum is a very sounds like margin of safety. Yeah, but yeah, in, it's in a like private, there is no room for error right. if you price right. these things for, for right. perfection early. I and based on the liquidity factor, if I'm going to pay public market prices for something, I want to be able to trade out of it. But so I love yeah. momentum stocks because who cares what they're valued up because I can sell it a minute later. So let me but ask you this: But if I'm going to pay momentum prices in the private market and be stuck for ten years, I want to pay the lowest. But Howard, price. if you have a fund and you've raised money from investors and you have to deploy it, how who do you has to deploy it? Well, who? Where, where is? I don't even know what that means. But if you have committed capital from investors, don't you want to put that to work? And th therefore, don't want you to and have to is a thank thing. We, Say that again. We our anxiety is about wanting to do it, but it shouldn't be about having to do it. No one wants us to do it. Meaning, we try and tell our investors. This is, these are good questions. We try and tell our investors, well, how fast you're going to deploy it? And we go, how would I know? If six founders with the right price and the right product walk in one after each other. Am I supposed to say, no, we've already done three. We need to wait three months to write our fourth. I'm in the pattern recognition that's business. Great, that's such a great if point. If six people walk in in a row with the right place, right time, right product, get the f on board, right? You like get rocket ships show up. How do I know when you they're going to show that. up? that, right? There's no way. So, so have to, want to is a really big, important thing. I want to deploy it. I have to make returns to be stay in the game. And I think we're putting a lot of pressure. People so you are, putting, are smart. I told you you're smart. It's not smart. I'm experienced. Right. I have eyes and ears. I have some scope of what is undervalued and overvalued. Just a scope. So this is what you say. If a muscle client memory. Says, how quickly are you going to get my capital invested? You well, say that's the beauty of us being perceived uh, experts at this, or us telling our investors we're good them. at this. We tell them. Right. We promise our entrepreneurs we can write a check in three days if we have to, and want to, not because someone else is writing a check. Care if the other guys writing a check. We don't even know let me that ask you, person. Let me ask you though. You might have so, met that person on Zoom. So, so a family office. You like them. I'm mm -hmm. assuming you're not taking money from people because you have to anymore. Uh -huh. So you actually like them, and they give you money, and they give three, two other managers money, not at the same time, but just generally. They have multiple people doing venture, mm -hmm. okay, or angel, or whatever. Yeah. You're not deploying because you've got this kind of um, margin of safety idea about what you need to get invested and what which makes perfect sense to me. The other two funds are fling spaghetti at the wall. And in world. this environment, they look brilliant because they're getting exits via SPAC, via a, a bigger round at a higher valuation, mm -hmm. SoftBank, whatever. And you're 
you're doing the right thing, obviously, but you're not playing the game the way the game is currently being played. Do you have the standing in the community for people to be like, I get that Howard is not playing that game and I'm glad to have somebody doing it the old-fashioned way that he knows works? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't think there's an old-fashioned way. I think to be... I shouldn't say old-fashioned. Yeah, I should no, say I know like, what you're saying. Like, it's professional. Prof- what a professional, professional way. We, we've read enough books. We've seen enough great... You've talked to enough experts. Trust me, I know that you do. And you see them walk through the doors here. And you've talked to them and tweeted with them and podcast with them and, and read them. Um, and so have I. And um, no, I'm not worried. I mean, I've ne- all, all the mistakes I've made is by not sticking to a certain set of parameters. And those happen to be passing on card at... Four million, not because I thought it was overvalued, because I, I thought one of our other, I didn't want to invest in two companies doing the same things. You know, AngelList at the time, I passed on TradingView because I was an investor in Chart IQ, right? TradingView was a ten million valuation. I was like, well, you know, the Russian, and I'm already back with uh, Shalifer. <laughs> you talk to up here still. <laughs> <laughs> he might be Russian too. He might be a spy. He might be the uh, <laughs> the um, uh, he has the hair of a spy. The, uh, he's way too good looking to yeah, be, he's to very be for too real. Heavy. Like yeah, there'd yeah, be a TV show. It's like, oh yeah, everybody knew it was a spy. I don't, I don't trust that guy. So Eddie surfs, not the web. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, we're, we're going to miss all the time. Yeah. So we we try and be honest with our LPs. They know who we are. We write. We're like we're not expert. We're like this business is so big. The ocean is so big. The cloud is so big. There are so many people bragging and making money. There are so many people do, making – I'm in Solana. Everything that I've done about Robinhood is a joke compared to the returns in Solana. Yeah. So once you've I'm in, seen I'm in the Solana. end zone – I don't know what it is. But I, I don't know why. The beauty is I didn't have to yeah, know yeah. because I understand my business. I have no ego that I had to pick Solana. My genius there was I loved the idea of crypto and decentralization – I had no idea how to play it, so I bet on a bunch Solana of people is a doing better it. Ethereum for NFTs or something. Better, not better. It's a different blockchain. <laughs> better, they built better. it. It goes they up. Built no, they built a. There's Qualcomm guys who understood scale right. at a different. No one would have backed them coming out of San Diego or you know Anatoly. Like a lot of people, I heard passed. I probably would have passed. I didn't even get a chance to see the deal. Actually, but my buddy Vinny like Lingam did, who's a good friend of mine. I was say, the less and he you know, invested. the better. You trust the person that brings you. You have to, to trust you. the person. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, you have that's filter failure again. You have to build filters, and you're going to be wrong. I've bet on some really smart people that are completely wrong. I, but I'd rather bet on the people at this point in the cycle than bet. I don't have enough knowledge to go deep enough on all these things to bet on the technology or on the business model. So I am now in the people betting business. So I want to I want to make a hard pivot and talk about conferences because you threw some of the best conferences I've ever For been sure. at, and it turned out one of them was like one of them was where I met Aaron Klein from Riskalyze. Yeah. And shout out to Aaron. That's probably like the most money I've ever made. In like awesome, a private, congrats. I'm definitely the most money I've ever I made in a private. That. You passed on it. You weren't in my business, so you didn't see the potential the way I did. I don't know anything about venture, but I was just like, I want to be involved with didn't this guy. Didn't pass because, because I didn't think it would work. I passed because of stupidity of value because okay. I had models that didn't make sense. I didn't like the cap table. I didn't like how much he owned of the company. If I look at my notes and I've talked to Aaron about it, I was like, I'm an idiot. I didn't think he owned enough of his company. I didn't like who who else was on his cap table. I liked so him. I, saw, I, liked him I foresaw a problem. Yeah, yeah. And what you got right, and I didn't have a 
a grudge against it. I was just like, I don't think I was like worried about things that I probably shouldn't have worried about. Yeah. yeah. So so the great news is that he's rich. Yes. He's hopefully not he mad it. at me. He killed it. I am mad at myself. Okay. That's why I'm Larry David, because we should all be mad at ourselves. And there's more opportunity for everybody. Yeah. So he so he's an example. Now he though. will invest money and contribute to the yes. system. He's an example though of the type of entrepreneurs that you had right under all of our noses uh-huh. in twenty I think 13. I met him in twenty twelve in Coronado when you did it at the movie theater. Yeah, it was great. Movie. Okay. But you had fifty guys like him probably 30 of whom have gotten exits and whatever they were pitching us that day. Yeah, it was the right time to be doing it. But that. then you did it in 13 and 14 and 15. Like, it kept going. Mm-hmm. So your network is, like... Deep. Like, have you ever thought of, like, cataloging? These are all the guys that I introduced to money or all the people I've put on stage somewhere. No, because then that would mean Fred would do it because my alpha monkey or whatever, the pandemic yeah. of what I'm doing started with Fred Wilson. Dude, right? you like was... Bill Walsh. You've got like the big coaching tree. Yeah. You, but you do, though. It's a beautiful thing. But if thing. I'm measuring, look what Fred gets right. to measure. For FinTech, because, you really and do, And then though. he probably has someone who got him into the business. So all you can do is pay it forward. Like, the, like I don't know if you read this, but like, uh, or, or I told you the story, but the other night, I'm having a great day. And... I carry a bag around like you see here. Yeah. There's nothing. I haven't opened the bag all day, but it weighs 700 pounds. <laughs> I don't know what's in it. Pens it's and part cards and Tic Tacs. Where are we going with Laptop. This? And so at the end of the night, after one of my 12-hour days, I leave it in a cab. Uh. And I'm like, mother And I get upstairs and I'm like, I'm because it's a taxi, and I go to my Wells Fargo account. It's like this is the charge hasn't even shown up on my Wells Fargo. Like the guy's at home already or someone else has grabbed the bag. And I'm like... And I'm like, what do I do? Like, it's a real, like, um, what was in the bag? Or my Ambien in the bag? Or my Adderall in the bag? Like, is it weed? Like, what are the cops going to say? What does this scene look like? Like, I'm just trying to piece together what I lost, you know? And I'm changing my Gmail, and I'm worried about my crypto accounts. And I'm like, uh, But then I realize that my Apple's locked. Like, these are the things that go through your mind. And this guy uh, turned in my bag to the police station. The police Called me at one in the morning, say, because I have car, like. This is in New York City? Yeah. Yesterday? Two days ago. Oh, wow. And so I I don't remember the question, but I wanted to tell the story because there was a point to it. But this guy blew my mind because I was a, I wasn't even going to pay. Oh, so you're going to pay that forward? Yeah. We all need to pay this shit forward. I'm with you 100%. And so. What's that? How'd you pay him? Ethereum? I paid him cash. Because I, I, so I call him. Don, who you just met, he's a whiz. Like, I couldn't even track the guy down because the cat, the systems are so antiquated. And then I go to the police station and she calls me at one in the morning, the cops, and they say, We got your bag. And I'm like, All right. You know, they went went through that motherfucker. I don't know what happened. 100%. But this is a funny story. So she goes, and I write down notes. It's one in the morning. I'm half asleep. And and yeah, he left his card and his name. And I said, Thank you. I'll be there. And at 7 a.m., I trudge up to 51st and 1st. And they have a harder time of finding the bag six hours later than anything. And I get my bag, and it's like a crime scene. It's like an evidence bag and every piece of my bag. <laughs> so note to self, like, keep your drugs. You could have been, I could have been in a lot of trouble if there was stuff in there. And every piece of my not bag in, was separated. Not in New York. And no phone number for the guy. So yeah. a new person on duty, and they go, what? We don't have a number. Get out of our police station. We got, you know, we got stuff to do. So – Don tracks down through the medallion who this guy is, and I and I and I he calls me back. Like I leave a message, he calls me back, and he goes, "Don't send me money." And I'm like, "Well, you know." And I write about it, and I ask my blog like what people should.
do. And people say, you should buy him a laptop. And I'm talking to the guy. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want anything. And I said, I'm Venmoing you money right now. He goes, I don't have Venmo. And I go, well, what do you mean? And he goes, I have Zelle. And I, I, that was a moment of sadness because he said Zelle. And I had to go on to my Bank of America or whatever I have and Zelle him <laughs> money. And, and you can only pay it for it. And I plan on surprising this guy for the next 12 months, right? Like, so what Fred did and what we're doing and what Aaron Klein's yeah. going to do, Love we got to keep throwing. Well, and this is the money multiplier that the media doesn't get. Aaron's not going to put his money in bonds. He's just going to put more money in startups. So we have a mat. So long story short, we are on this massive multiplier that the government started that thinks that these kids are going to what sit on their cash and buy Porsches. No, they're buying NFTs because they're, they're using it as a logo. They're starting yeah. businesses. Yeah. They're investing they're in backing businesses. Their fr- they're backing, backing their, their friends. friends. That's right. How do you measure this? Well, so I, so the TAM of that is bazillions. And the more people I back versus the companies I back is how I leverage that. The TAM of everyone being an investor and speculating it's and collecting, bananas. it's huge. Bananas. It's huge. So I want to, it's a bazillion. I, yeah. I want to finish this topic just by saying, you know, once again, more flowers for you, but like the idea of a community being an investment edge, yeah, I think is maybe more common now. Um, I think there are a lot of people who like to self-style themselves as contrarians, and they're missing out on this. Uh, good luck with time. that. But you, but you have always said the, the best ideas are going to bubble up from your peers, your friends, your colleagues, not from barons. No, and I. Like you're, you you are <laughs> incontrovertible proof of that. I am. Like, why are you reading it? Talk <laughs> yeah, to your friend. You 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 made you made enough enemies today. We'll leave Darren's <laughs> out. All right. Um, empty nesting. So, like, what 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 are you what are you doing with most of your time? Are you and Ellen antiquing? I know you spend the summer in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you're gonna miss future proof. Future. Oh, Our well, event. biking. I'm not. Sp- I don't spend my summers in Italy. I love biking so much. Yeah, I saw all your pictures of summer. It's crazy. And. It's, a, it's my yoga. It's my Alps. yoga, right? So everybody says, oh, it's bad for this. It's like it's the one time that. you shut it's your brain the off. one way. Looking at the road is the only place. I can't do yoga. Yeah. Like, I, I look at my body. I feel the hair on my chest. Like, it's gross. I don't want to be close to myself. And sweat. I, but biking, there's enough noise and enough stuff that makes me meditate. It's the only time I get peace. And, it, oh, it just so happens to be a low-impact yeah, somewhat dangerous. I'm sure it has side effects and it's risky. But it's the one thing that I do that I get to be silly and like remove from the stress of of who I am or my own brain. And so that I happen to plan these trips with friends and I'm just lucky now I'm an empty nester so we're planning ahead. And yeah, unfortunate. The kids but- are out of the house. They're kids not- are amazing. You know, so the kids are out of the house, but obviously COVID had them back in the house. Um and uh, so being an empty nester is like how we measure is like launching your kids is different than raising your kids. And and I think mm. I was lucky that I wasn't raising my kids during COVID. I think parents had a f-ing, like you with we the kids at home. On that. We won't. Yeah. But. but I'm saying so I luckily didn't have that. Yeah. I was in the process of launching my kids and that got delayed. That's a lot easier than raising your kids. We luckily had gotten through that. And my son loved COVID because... The world slowed down and he got to catch up maturity wise and didn't feel the pressure of the world. And my daughter hated COVID because she was on the she path. She was already going. She was already f- They yeah, slowed, yeah, yeah. slowed her down. So it was yeah. like everybody lost. Yeah. Luckily, my son, no different than my digital portfolio, benefited. He learned that golf was going to be his life. And, and so maybe he's more ahead of other people. So I just think being an empty nest is one of the greatest joys. Um, but it could change. Every text can change your life. So I'm kind of appreciative. You drive by a baseball field that the kid played on and say, those days are over. Like, cause I'm, 
My yeah. kids are teenagers, and I'm already like, they don't have Little League this fall. Like, yeah, you should enjoy that you did it, and you should enjoy your free time. I mean, I'm just pretty selfish. Always was with my time, but I'm pretty selfish because I used to waste a lot of time running around to things. Well, you also have a million friends and a lot of ways to to kill to not kill time, but occupy the hours of your day with stuff that you love and fulfilling which not things that has. I like. So I, yes. I chase. I, I try and focus on the who's stuff in the bicycle. Who's me. in the bicycle group? Who are these guys? Crazy good people. Are they Europeans. No, it's like Mike, just people that just like biking. It's not a big crew, right? And now what's super great about golf, I was an investor in golf now. Golf, and even though I'm not a great golfer and never was great, but I'm starting to enjoy it again, I feel like as the world widens and everything gets more tech, less tech things are you can make money in. Like So while everybody's mm. focused on being a zillionaire, I can focus on being a thousandaire because golf and cycling are neglected. And so you can build a great Shopify business doing cycling stuff or golf. Like G4 came out of nowhere as a roll-up and become a fashion company yes. on Instagram. I'm like, man, I'm 56 and I could actually start a business in my passion. You don't need semiconductors. Yeah, you don't need semiconductors. I don't need <laughs> staff. And I don't have to yell at Perlman no and Pierce. No, no developers. No developers. Right, it's right. just artiste and writing and being using my brand. So I'm super excited about being passionate. And I think we have to teach our kids to like chase their passion. And luckily, they don't have to be a lawyer, doctor, accountant. Not a knock on lawyer, doctor, and accountants. But if we talk about we automation, those, those, those are the two. three things that are going to get automated the most. Art those. can't be automated. Life is good for you, Howard. Yeah, life is good. Dude, you're killing it, and uh, we love you, and thank you so much for coming. We're going to do favorites, and then uh, then we're going to go for uh, Italian food. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. I got three, but I'll do them quickly. Three. Uh, I do. Sorry. Uh, did you listen to this? Jeff Curry on um, Joe and Tracy? Not yet. That was okay. today. If you want to understand what's going on with commodities right now, stop listening to all these f***ing maniacs. Listen to the Goldman Sachs commodity strategists who actually talks to the CEOs of commodity companies. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, he's talking about Max Payne being probably three to six months What away. does Max Payne mean? Higher prices? Okay. Yes. Well, no, not necessarily. It's about scarcity and availability more than price. So the question is like, uh, how, how much higher could oil go? How much higher could copper go? Why, why isn't that void of, of uh, supply being filled by people bringing on capacity? And he basically, Jeff says it's about the stock market. These these companies have had horrible returns on capital for their investors for 15 years. Mm -hmm. For the first time ever, it feels like their stock prices are going up again and cash flow is going up. They're in no rush to jump in and say, let's head capacity. Like they're Correct. finally making money. Yeah. And this could go on for a couple of years before somebody finally says, okay, we'll drill. So I thought it was really insightful way to think about commodities. It's not macro. It's stock market shit. All of these CEOs are obsessed with seeing their stock prices go back up. Hence the game. Like That's right. You saying people don't want to play so the game. These people have seen the game. They've read yes. the playbook and they said, you know what kills the supply? Now, eventually they're all going to cheat because they want to get ahead of the next somebody guy. Will. Ego will prevail. That's right. Yeah. So somebody in Russia will say, LOL, keep watching Let's your keep stock printing. price. I'm gonna, uh, do you listen to uh, Odd Lots? I agree with that. Joe Weisenthal and, no. and Tracy Alloway. But I, I did a good job being on one. <laughs> They're good. I killed it when I was on it. All right. Uh, Jeff Daniels on Smartless. That was good. I, the best. Good. Jeff's secret Jeff, of success. I did listen. To, I love Smartless. I was early to he, Smartless. Yeah. I'm not a fan of any of those three guys. Yeah. But together, they're, they're hilarious. They're witty. And they hate each other, love each other, which is genius, they're which good. is what makes They break each great. other's balls, yeah. but it's good. Uh, Jeff's secret, real quick, Jeff's secret of success. So 
and he's had a very long career now, and he's crushed it. He just acts like he's always about to be finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I when I listen I lo- to Jeff, I love it that. reminded me of me. It was yeah. just like deprecating, self-deprecating. He said an agent told him in the 80s. I live in Phoenix. You don't have to be in Silicon Valley to be a good investor. Right, so he was saying like he stays in Michigan because an agent told him when he first got started, any minute now I might yeah. call you and say it's over. Yeah, he's and a he legend. Just, that was his ethos. Uh, squ- hold on. Before, and the, Something Wild was a great movie. The Squid and the Whale is one of my favorite movies ever. I didn't, maybe amazing. I didn't see it, but it's Something amazing. Wild was phenomenal. Last one. Are you a, uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time in this. Are you a succession guy? Love it. Okay. What did you think of the first uh, episode of Good. I mean, it, it does such a good job of making you despise people yes. one minute and like them the next. Yeah, oh, you I, lo- like I love and hate everybody on the show. I only hate. I think that I, I love hating The son. I love I love... Kieran, I, but you Kieran also Culkin. want to root for him. Kieran Culkin. Yeah, the the douchebags. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I also like him sometimes. Like Romulus? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's my favorite show anymore. I, I It's just a little over What the is top. your favorite show? I think favorite shows are ones that end. I think Seinfeld's still yes. the favorite show. And like I don't the like the way HBO doesn't let me binge. I'm just a binge guy, and I don't want HBO telling me how I should watch my... I just don't get it. I just am so insulted by it. In what, an era. HBO Max? I think yeah, it's I'm smart. insulted. Some no, shows... what's smart, it doesn't mean I'm happy about it. Some shows it's build. It's smart for them. Some shows I just build. hate them for it. They want people talking I, about yeah. the show, though. If everyone's watching hey, on a different schedule, it doesn't it's happen. It's choice. I'm just yeah. saying it's made me not like the show because I can't appreciate it week to week. I need to I need to go through six. The joy of, so of binging is why do I want to go to the theater? And therefore, I want to yeah. be at home. I spent money on my TV. I have the right popcorn machine. I have the right blankets. My wife and I get to do this together. We don't have to get COVID. Whatever all those things are, and HBO is saying, nah, because it's better if you chat about it. Well, watch like, an old one. That watch sounds a, like Wells Fargo. Watch an old one. They'll yeah, no, you. no. Like, you're right. But I'm a sucker that watched it week to week, and now I'm fed up with it. Do you it. forget what happens? Oh, one for w- sure. I do, too. Me, yeah. too. I don't care. That's age. Yeah. Uh, all right, favorite. Did you bring us a favorite? What's new in your world? What should we be excited about? I think what you should be excited about is that everything's the travel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, people. It's enough. I'm, like, Americans need to. No, you shouldn't travel just to travel, as no. you guys don't anymore. And you shouldn't just go to every event. I'm going to Nashville in two weeks. I can't wait. Go where you want to go. Yeah. And so that's what my favorite thing is. And you can still hate airlines and you can still hate Goldman Sachs, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't travel. <laughs> Uh, favorites. What my do you got? favorite thing is basketball. I'm happy the Knicks are back. We and the Suns team. are back. I got season tickets Suns are good. this year, so I'm excited. Knicks have a real team for the first time and, and feels like my life, so I'm, I'm thrilled. Dude, oh, they're the, good? The Knicks, yeah. it's like a playoff game every night. We have, we have a real team. That's exciting. People are going absolutely crazy in the preseason games. Right. Like, it's not been like that since 2000. That's exciting. My son is like, Dad, what is going on? Like, they're winning. I said, no, you don't understand. It's this is two, like normal see, for a lot of other teams. two games old. How can you... Yeah, we don't, I'm sure they'll all be injured in two weeks, but yeah. right now it feels you were at the game last night. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I went to a Suns final game. I hadn't been in one in 30 years. So, I mean, it was yes. fun last good, summer. Fun you know, finals. good weather, suntan, being in a Suns finals. Yes, and they won it. Like I th- they had, they were up two nothing. I mean, it looked like a lock, and then that freak just yep. was so good. Yep, dude, you're the man for coming by tonight. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll have some fun later. Uh, we want to remind everybody if you want to watch clips from today's show. Do what Howard Lindzen does. Go to YouTube.com. I do. Slash the compound RWM. Uh, you, are you seriously? Dead serious. Yeah, rough night. Oh, you were at the game last night. Dead serious. Let's Don't go. bring that f- in.
energy in this place. All right, uh, idonshop.com for the latest in finance blogger apparel. What? And we have a new item in idonshop.com. Yeah, we do. Which you will be delighted to see. Let me see it. There yeah. it is. Look at this shit. The compound by Peter Paid, official. So this is a graffiti artist. Let's who do did a collab. That. You want to collab with us? Yeah. Can we do Panic with Friends by the compound? Yeah. What would we do? Like a pair of boxer shorts? Uh, what are you thinking? Socks. Socks. I like Same. what your head is at. All right. Go to idonshop.com. What, anything else? We're good? I love that. I think that's it. All right, that's it. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining us. We'll be back next week. Thanks to Howard. Great job, John. Duncan, you killed it tonight. Great job. And we will talk to you all very soon. All right. So you feel warmed up now? Ready to do this? So, so, so let's see. Where do you get the champions from? Dice again to Direction. Investing in a Direction Shares ETF includes possible loss of principal and may be more volatile than investing in broadly diversified funds. The use of leverage by the funds increases risk. The Direction Shares ETFs are not suitable for all investors and should be utilized only by sophisticated investors who understand leverage risk, consequences of seeking daily leveraged or daily inverse leverage investment results, and intend to actively monitor and manage their investment. The funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.